Welcome to the Versing, Cursing, and Rehearsing podcast, Steelers Saturday edition. On a Sunday, a day light this week, we uh, took the extra day because the Steelers don't play until Monday night. But Steelers Saturday edition on a Sunday here from, this isn't my office at the bowling alley. This is actually the technician office at the bowling alley. I got bumped out of my office due to maintenance, so I figured I would come in the back and take their office. But anyway, we are still here to break down this week's matchup on Monday Night Football National Television between the Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts. So, uh, both teams coming off of losses last week. The Colts played a pretty strong game against the Philadelphia Eagles, who are having a terrific season, but they choked it at the at the, the death last week and lost 17-16 at home. And the Steelers, as we know, lost to Cincinnati last week. Um, the final score of that game ended up being... Oh, goodness, I forget. Uh, 37 to 30. 37 to 30. The Steelers with 30 points, their highest output of the season, which was positive, but 37 is way too many for this defense to give up. <clears throat> so the Colts come into this game in second place in the AFC South, but well behind the first place Tennessee Titans. The Colts are 4 6 and 1. They are 1 and 1 under interim coach Jeff Saturday. The Steelers come into this game, unfortunately, remaining in fourth place in the North at 3-7. and seven. So we will look back at last week's matchup against the Bengals. Like I said, there were some positives, but also a hell of a lot of negatives. And we will break down the game with Indianapolis for tomorrow night. Thank you so much. Keep it with me here on Versing Cursing and Rehearsing Steelers Saturday. This is Derek, and let's get to it. Welcome back to Versing, Cursing, and Rehearsing Steelers Saturday edition. We are looking back at the week that was in the defeat at home at Akershire Stadium last week to the Cincinnati Bengals, 37-30. Cincinnati moved to 6-4. and four. They are hot on the heels of the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC North. The Steelers are still mired at the bottom and trying to find themselves. They move to 3-7. and seven. Steelers actually had the lead in this game um, at halftime, which was very positive. Uh, I thought the Steelers' offense was very good in the first half. Actually showed a little bit of an identity. Uh, did some of the things that worked well against uh, New Orleans. You know, focused a lot on the running game. Najee Harris is starting to gain some ground, pun intended, and uh, starting to make some traction, I think. I think the offensive line is starting to get better. And above all else, the biggest positive was that Kenny Pickett seemed a lot more sure of himself, I thought, in the first half. Um, Really was, I think they're limiting him to being a one-read quarterback, but he was at least making the correct reads or, you know, not forcing throws. That's multiple weeks in a row in which he hasn't committed a turnover, which is a positive. You know, you're going to take your ups and downs with a rookie. I keep saying it, but th- I think this was clearly his strongest game, especially in the first half. So um, Steelers had the lead at halftime, 20-17. But then everything transformed in the second half. The Steelers had four straight three and outs to start the second half. The offense was completely impotent and anemic. Uh, I was tweeting about the game while I was watching it, and then somebody tweeted at me that uh, – 
at, at halftime that the Steelers were going to make absolutely no adjustments at all and the Bengals were going to make adjustments and then dominate in the second half. And that was like a Nostradamus prediction because that's exactly what happened. Um, the Steelers were able to force some turnovers. They got two interceptions off of Joe Burrow. One of them was the incredible play that T.J. Watt made. But aside from individual standout plays that happened, um, which I'm not going to fault Burrow for completely, I thought he completely sliced and diced the Steelers' secondary. He had no – there wasn't nearly enough pressure. That's that's first and foremost. Um, and that was with guys banged up for the Bengals. So only two sacks. They already have a terrible offensive line. They had guys banged up. Burrow's been sacked more than any other quarterback in the NFL this year. And the Steelers only got there twice. One half sack by T.J. Watt. Um, that incredible interception notwithstanding, that's not good enough. Uh, and if, he, he, if Burrow gets that kind of time... He's just going to do that. We predicted on the show that the Steelers would lose this game by about a touchdown or so. And uh, and the reason I said they were going to lose is because I just didn't anticipate the Steelers being able to bottle up Joe Burrow twice in the same season. He was terrific in this game. Burrow finished with 24 of 39 for 355 yards, four touchdowns. T. Higgins had nine catches for 148 yards. That, too, is very, very good, obviously. Um, you know, the Bengals were playing without Jamar Chase, and then Joe Mixon got injured in the first half, so arguably their two best weapons, aside from Burrow, weren't available, and they still put up 37 points. The Steelers were not able to tackle Samaje Perrine at all. He got several catches in space and touchdowns that they d- couldn't do anything to prevent. So, good game planning by the Bengals, uh, good scheming, and good decision-making by Burrow allowed them to rack up a ton of yards, 408 total yards, 6.3 yards per play, 346 passing yards, um, just a stalwart performance by uh, Burrow and the Bengals on offense. Uh, the Steelers, on the other hand, you know, 351 yards, that's, that's pretty good for this offense, 249 passing yards, 102 rushing yards. And like I said, Pickett was as good as he's been so far this year. And I think when you have when you put up 30 points with this offense, with what they've been able to do or not do this season, rookie quarterback, second-year running back, you know, rookie receiver, young offensive line, and I, we all think a terrible offensive coordinator, if they're going to put up 30 points, then this team needs to win those games. So this uh, this loss I'm going to pin mostly on the defense. The only thing I will say is that the offensive – play calling early in the second half and the lack of execution early in the second half is really what allowed the Bengals to gain ground and um, put a a stranglehold on the game going into the fourth quarter. I mean, 37-30 is closer than it appeared in the second half uh, because the Steelers got a garbage time Mm -hmm. touchdown late in the game when it was basically already decided. So the takeaways from the game... Biggest positive is honestly Kenny Pickett, continued development. That was really good. Um, very hopeful that he will play much better in this Monday Night Football showing than he did a few weeks ago on the Sunday Night Football showing with the Dolphins. That was probably his worst game as a pro. Hopefully he can turn it around in front of the national audience and you know put a, put a foot down that he's a real star player. So that's... Uh, that's what we're hoping for, but definitely a takeaway was positive from Kenny Pickett. 
second takeaway was positive from this uh, running game. So that was that was better as well. Um, but that's really it. The rest was was terrible. So we hope that it gets better. But that's what we will say for the week that was. 37-30 Cincinnati, and we hope to turn around against Indianapolis. Stay with me, and I will break down that game. Thank you. Out damn spot. I would like to see the Steelers in their offense get out early and quickly in this game and score points. We'll see what happens. I would really like to see Kenny Pickett prove himself on a national stage, um, that he is a franchise quarterback, a future star quarterback. We live in hope. We see what happens. But it is a fact either way, no matter what happens, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Indianapolis Colts will meet on Monday Night Football tomorrow night. And we will see where it goes from there. The Let's meet the Indianapolis Colts. They are in a very similar station as the Steelers. They are 4-6-1. and one. They're actually in second place in the AFC South, while the Steelers are in dead last in the AFC North. However, the Colts are significantly behind the Tennessee Titans, and they have no chance at the playoffs, just like the Steelers, which means I'm sure ESPN and the NFL are thrilled that these two anemic offenses are playing on a national game at this point in the season. But either way, we'll see what happens and how the teams are going to do. The Colts are quarterbacked by the ageless wonder Matt Ryan, who was benched briefly for Sam Ellinger, but he is back. Matt Ryan is ninth in the NFL in passing. He has an 87 quarterback rating. He's got 10 touchdowns and 9 interceptions. So those stats are eh, certainly not what he once was, but probably not as bad as it's been made out to be. I think that the Colts' star player on offense is Jonathan Taylor, the running back from Wisconsin. He's not having a great season. He already has three fumbles. He's only 12th in the NFL in rushing, but he did have a remarkable season last year, and he's definitely a capable and talented running back. So he'll probably break out and have a big-time game eventually. I'm certainly hoping it's not against Pittsburgh, but he is definitely somebody to be aware of. Their top receiver is Michael Pittman. He's pretty good. Uh, he's trying to find himself. Reminds I think he's a better version of like a Chase Claypool, so he can definitely be a threat in the passing game. But overall, the Colts don't have a lot of playmakers. If you can bottle up Taylor and then force him to become one-dimensional, I think that's a big key. The Colts are 31st in the NFL in total offense, so that's even worse than the Steelers, which is very hard to believe. But... That's the, that's the facts. Um, they have passed the ball better than they've rushed the ball this season. I think a lot of that has to do with falling behind in games and being forced to pass the ball a lot. But they want to come out and be a running game, a running team with Taylor. So that would be something I would try to bottle up if I were the Steelers. Uh, coming into this game, both teams are pretty healthy. The Colts don't have any players that are listed as out they do have DeForest Buckner as questionable and Quiddy Pay as fr- as questionable on their defensive line, so maybe that's a little bit of an edge the Steelers will be able to have by trying to focus on their rushing attack, which has gotten better significantly in the past few weeks. I think that finally this offense has developed an understanding of how they need to attack teams and they need to compete. Um, it needs to be good run blocking and and you know allowing Najee Harris to be the focal point of the offense and then mix in a little bit of play action pass a little bit of rollouts and stuff with Pickett 
that's where he's most comfortable and that's where they've had the most success. Something that is going to hurt that endeavor, though, is that the Steelers do have two players uh, listed as out for this game. One is Jalen Warren. So it seemed as though we were you know, developing a little bit of a rapport of a running back by committee thing with Harris and Warren, and it was working, but that won't be able to happen in this game because Warren will not play. He's got a bad hamstring. Killer Witherspoon is also listed as out for the Steelers. But that we should get to see the debut. No, I, uh, I, I thought William Jackson was going to play, but it looks like he's not as well. But anyway, um, Jalen Warren will not be able to play. That's going to hurt the Steelers' rushing attack. Um, I don't believe that Najee Harris is a every-down, like, workhorse kind of running back. I think he can be a starter. I think he can be a, a good contributor and a good player, but I do think he needs, um, you know, fresh legs to spell him. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, I would, again, at least try to focus on running Harris and Pickett and then mixing the passing game in after that um, on offense. So uh, you look at keys to this game, I think that um, they're two very even teams, uh, two teams that aren't very good. Uh, I would give the Colts, I guess, the slight edge at quarterback just because although Ryan's not what he once was, he, he is still a veteran that's been around forever. And I, I always hate veteran quarterbacks because they, they just once in a while they just have those things. They just know how to play. They just know how to dissect defenses. So, um, you know, a key to a Steelers victory, <coughs> I think, first and foremost, is to get pressure on to Matt Ryan. Uh, I TJ Watt needs to stand and deliver. I don't know if... The injury is still limiting him, but although he made that incredible play against Burrow and the Bengals with the interception, which was great, and you can't take that away from him, he definitely wasn't, and neither game, I think, has been um, as much of a pressure, you know, sack fear monger on the quarterback. But him and Highsmith have to get home to Ryan, and then that changes that whole defense when they're able to do that. So I would say get pressure on Matt Ryan is the first key. Uh, the second key, I mean, this isn't rewriting any kind of, or you know, reinventing the wheel here, but I would say getting a lead and trying to milk as much clock as possible. Uh, that gives a lot more flexibility and freedom with the offense. When things have turned sour and gone bad for Pickett this year, it has been when they've been behind and he's been having to force the ball to try to get points on the board late in the game. That's when he's really gone to crap. So whatever they can do to try to prevent that from happening, I would say get the lead and then try to milk the clock. And then the third key, and again, this is very, very vanilla basic football analysis, so I am embarrassed that this is what my, I've come up with, but uh, it has to be staying on schedule and a clean game. Um, no turnovers, no, you know, I, I would rather it be a three and out than an interception. I would rather it be a three and out than a strip sack. So, you know, just a clean stay on schedule kind of game and then, you know, kick field goals when you need to, punt the ball when you need to, just minimize all the mistakes. And then I think the Steelers will have a good opportunity to win. My prediction for this game, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be tight. Like I usually will always go with the team that I think has the better quarterback, the edge quarterback. And in this game, I do think that is Matt Ryan and the Colts. I hate those veteran quarterbacks, but 
I am going to pick the Steelers. Maybe it's a homer pick. Maybe it's because I want them to win. But I just think that this Colts team isn't very good. I think that they have, you know, a nobody coaching them. And I, I at some point, Mike Tomlin is going to outcoach his opponent. I mean, I thought he got severely outcoached by uh, uh, Zach Taylor last week. But uh, at some point, he's going to have a really good game and get them ready to play, and they're going to play really good. So I'm going to pick the Steelers to win 20-17. to 17. Uh, I'm not crazy about it. Um, the Colts are two-point favorites in this game. I do think that's a good line. I would, If I were betting this game at the casino, I would bet the Steelers because I definitely think they'll at least cover, and I think that they'll win outright against Indy on the road. So 20-17, to 17, here we go Steelers, cue the renegade music, and uh, let's, let's go beat them, let's go get a win. So uh, we'll predict next week's game, uh, and we'll be back on schedule on Saturday for next week, so definitely, definitely tune in for that. Thank you so much for listening to the Versing, Cursing, and Rehearsing podcast. Here we go Steelers, let's bring home a victory.